this is Business Impact, a podcast series from UCD College of Business, Ireland's leading business school. I'm your host, Emmett Oliver, and each episode I'll be joined by world-renowned faculty from across the College of Business, as well as international industry leaders who will offer us insight, spark curiosity, and challenge you to rethink how you do business in a changing world. Welcome to another edition of Business Impact, the UCD Business School official podcast, and we are moving along into this year very well. Got a number of podcasts already in the bag. Uh, thanks very much to Kerry McClafferty, who is the, the CEO of Laura Lynn, who you would have been listening to about a fortnight ago or so. Very interesting detour through the nonprofit sector, which we don't cover enough on this podcast. Hands up on that one. But we were glad to do the conversation, and I think we learned some new stuff from her about how the nonprofit sector operates and something, a, a business or an operation, an organization where there's a lot of sadness and tragedy around it, but actually some very, very inspiring stories and real example of good leadership from Kerry in that organization. I think we might loop around to talk to her again in a year or two's time. Now, this week's edition is a very interesting one as well, because this next company you do know very well, even if you don't know them directly, you probably know and have eaten some of their uh, dairy products and certainly their ingredients. It's known in Ireland, all over Europe, across the United States and moving into the global south as well at a very fast uh, pace at the moment. So it is the Kerry Group, yes. You think about, say, maybe CRH or Smurfit, pretty much apart from those two and one or two others, maybe Ryanair. This is one of the most well-known business names that we have globally, Kerry Group, of course. And we're really delighted to have Catherine Kyo, who's the Chief Corporate Affairs Officer with the company, who has agreed to come on and have a conversation with us. You're very welcome along, Catherine. Thank you, Emmett, and thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, it's great. Now, you have, uh, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about you have UCD associations. You have an MBA with Smurfit, so we, we'll have to always name check that and uh, pay the bills, as it were. You worked previously with Alltech and you've been traveling for a long, long time in your career, but you've settled down in recent years with Kerry Group. Um, you have a very important job there covering all sorts of things like communication, sustainability, a whole range of things which you can uh, walk our listeners through in the next few minutes. But let's get started a little bit, I suppose, with the company first and get that out of the way. Because as I said, everyone knows Kerry, but they may be sometimes a little bit behind the current story or, or narrative uh, behind the company. They certainly would have tasted their ingredients and their direct dairy products over the years as well. But it's a massively complex and big business with a lot of different business lines. Uh, maybe you could just talk us through that first. Who is the Kerry Group and, and what do they do? So Kerry Group today is an 8 billion euro company and we are a global leader in the space of science-backed sustainable nutrition. So around the world, we have 21,000 people working across 150 countries. And those people work close with our customers in local markets, understanding consumer preferences and developing products in the food, beverage and pharma space that meet those consumer preferences and needs. So to put it in context, Emmet, in 2023, over 1.25 billion people consumed a food, beverage or pharma product that contained a curry ingredient or flavour or nutritional input. We, we often ask people for giving us introductions to their companies and they take a long time to get through it. So you've done that very succinctly and I think you've touched all the key touch points as well there. So we come back later on into a little bit more detail on that because I know we want to talk about food ingredients, sustainability and also building out a business uh, on a global platform. But let's uh, rewind a little bit to your own career and your own life story, which is, is, is very interesting. 
Uh, you started out in DCU a good few years ago in an interesting, uh, you were doing a thesis, I believe, in German, which caught my eye, I must say. We won't test you out that today. But tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your, your career journey and where you've been working for the last 20 years or so. Thanks, Amit. Yeah, I grew up in County Meath. I uh, did my undergraduate degree in DCU, International Marketing and Languages. And part of that uh, involved a year abroad. And I studied in the University of Cologne, where we did do our thesis uh, in German. Yes, I, I, I don't know if I could give you a summary of it today. But as soon as I finished in DCU, I joined a company called Autec in the animal nutrition space and began working for them first in Paris, then in the US. And then really over the next 20 years, I traveled and worked as we built that business from a, probably about a 40 million business to a 2 billion business. A lot of those years were spent in Kentucky, many of them in France, a number of them in Ireland. I came back to open up the European Marketing Business Centre at the time. And I came back to Ireland then in 2016 with my family, felt it was time to settle down and was delighted to join the Kerry Group, which is such a great success story and such a, let's say, iconic brand in Ireland and so very well known and respected across the world. And tell us a little bit about, obviously, science, food. These are themes that are kind of seem to be running through your career, the various roles you've held. Is that by accident or is that something you, you've always had that interest in or was it just a, a job as a job and they happen to be in that area? Tell us a little bit about how those two things have kind of intersected with various jobs that you've held. Yes, Amos, nutrition was very much a part of my career. I don't know if that was by default or, or just how it evolved, but I have been very consistent in that I, I have worked within organizations that have an impact. Kerry Group has a massive impact when you think about it. When you think that one eighth of the world's population in 2023 consumed a, a food beverage or farmer product containing an ingredient. So I think when we look today at some of the challenges facing the world and facing our industry, I've really enjoyed being part of an organization that I feel brings solutions to some of those challenges. I've also always enjoyed being part of an Irish headquartered or Irish-based organization with a global presence. I've been proud of that fact that I've been part of internationalizing Irish businesses. Well, another thing I suppose, Catherine, is, as you said yourself, working with an Irish company, we'll talk a little bit about the idea of building out a company from um, an Irish base, I suppose, in a few minutes' time. But Talk to us a little bit about um, business to business, because I suppose there's obviously we all are more familiar with the consumer side of things, but a B2B business is very different. It operates to a, a different uh, drum sound, really, doesn't it? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, because obviously your, your, your company is now supplying ingredients into other companies. So I don't know if you ever use this phrase, but you're, you're like a sub supplier into, the, into the, 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 the branded food product that we're, we're familiar with. And that's where a large amount of the revenue comes from nowadays. Tell us a little bit about what what it's like to be involved in a B2B business and the kind of things that are important if you're to be a success in, in that B2B market. Somebody coined this expression that Kerry is the brand behind the brands. And, and, and that is a fact. We would work with the top food and beverage brands in the world. And they could be brands we're all familiar with, or they could be smaller startup, innovative brands that are gaining traction or presence at a, a local level or at a regional level. So our business would be divided more or less a third, a third, a third, 
with global brands, regional companies and brands, and then more local brands. And our business works with retail brands and also within the food service industry. I think in the past, when I really started looking into B2B marketing and B2B branding, there really was a divide between how we marketed and how we communicated with the B2B customer versus the B2C. The reality is now technology has long blurred that divide, if you like. So it's really about people-to-people marketing, human-to-human marketing and human-to-human connection. Because ultimately, whether you're a large organization communicating and let's say making your brand promise to another large organization or whether you're making a promise to a consumer, it's all about building trust. It's all about building confidence. It's all about building loyalty. And it's all about really understanding what your consumers, in our case, what our customers need. I was going to ask you actually, Catherine, when you're you're dealing with these big global brands and you want to be their supplier, you want to be their provider of ingredients into their products. What's the thing that they are looking for? And it's probably not just one thing, I can imagine, when you tell me this, but I presume there's reliability of supply, there's taste, presumably, comes into it, um, the, the health benefits, potentially, and then just does it integrate properly into the overall food product in question? I'm only guessing all of those are important to some extent, but can you give us an idea? Can you just talk us through what the, 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 your clients are looking for? What are the things that come up in the meetings or that they, they, they like to see uh, that you guys are able to provide? So Kerry's business is very diversified over a number of categories or what we call end-use markets. So we're involved in the meat end-use market, in the dairy end-use market, alcoholic beverages, non-alcoholic beverages, bakery, etc. So we're really very well spread right across the various market categories. And we're also well spread across the globe. Half of our business is in what we call the Americas, so North America and Latin America. About 1.6 billion of our revenues come from the Apnea region and 1.5 billion come from Europe. 90% of our business is in the taste and nutrition side. And of course, 10% of our business is in Kerry Dairy, Ireland, based out of Tralee. So when we're talking to our B2B customers, the areas of focus at the moment are Well, one of them is food waste. So customers are looking to reduce food waste right along the value chain. That's what consumers want. We know that one third of food is wasted every single day. So one of our technology platforms is around the area of food waste and preservation and shelf life extension. So that is definitely an area where we would collaborate with our customers on. Another area is, um, as you mentioned, health and well-being. We have a part of our business that is focused on what we call proactive health, and that is providing ingredients and supplements into the marketplace that improve the cognitive health, improve the physical health, improve the gut health of our customers, consumers. And we also have a number of brands in, in, in that space that are standalone brands, brands like Wellmune, brands like BioK, Probiotic brands like BC30. So we have a lot of brands and nutritional supplements that are well regarded and are seen to contribute to overall health and well-being. We also have a lot of business in the taste area. You mentioned taste. We all know we as consumers, we want products to taste good. We want them to be at the right price point. We want them to be nutritionally sound. We want them to be low in sugar. We we want it all really, don't we? (laughs) We want it all. And we call that the and consumer. So we would consider how we work with our customers that we are the and partner to our customers. So we bring the nutritional benefits. 
we bring the taste benefits, we bring the overall health benefits. We all know that no matter how nutritionally solid a product is, we are not going to consume it, we're not going to purchase it a second time if it doesn't taste great. So that, I suppose, is Kerry's sweet spot. It's just at that intersection of taste and nutrition. So we would work with our customers to co-create food products, beverage products that meet those various preferences and requests and requirements of the end consumer. That's how we collaborate with customers. One of the things that occurs to me, Catherine, is uh, obviously you work closely with these companies and I'm sure some of the relationships last for many years and new customers come in and old ones go out and there's a, a certain amount of churn in there. But I, I presume science and technology is the key battleground to, to, to win these clients over and, and you've got to have your own platform and banks of scientists that can produce the kind of ingredients that are are new or better, are replacing old uh, legacy ones and so on. So how important is sort of your own science and technology as a company, your own resources and and what you've got in-house to offer the clients on the market? Just tell me a little bit about that. So I mentioned earlier that we create science-backed sustainable nutrition. And I think something you're touching on there in your question is a lot of, of the big brands, they would have outsourced over the years a lot of their innovation. So we tend to act as an innovation partner to these companies, to these brands. And people don't always see Kerry as a scientific company. We have an extraordinary breadth and depth of science capability in our organization. We've got our global innovation center here in NACE. There are about a thousand people working in that center, 14 state-of-the-art labs. And that, of course, you know, acts as our, our global mothership for the science and technology in the organization. But in addition to that, we have 70 research development and application centers around the world. And those centers are located in the local market, close to the local customers, understanding the local consumer preferences. And over the past 10 years, Kerry has invested over $3 billion in that research development and applications ecosystem. We've over 1,100 scientists and they are PhDs in nutrition, they are technologists, they are flavorists, they are application specialists, they are chefs, they are mixologists. So, so really the research and technological expertise we have is end to end. So we can work with a customer at the very early stage of innovating, you know, developing new products. We've just developed a new product, for example, called Acrylerase. And that is an enzyme where we've worked with the coffee market to develop an enzyme technology that will reduce acrylamide in coffee. So, so we co-create at that level, but we'd also co-create with our food service customers in terms of maybe redefining a menu or looking at back of house operations and how we can help there. So we've an extraordinary breadth and depth of science and expertise. And ultimately, those scientists work with our commercial teams, work closely with our customers to understand consumer preferences, what is needed in their market, what is needed in their region, what is needed in their geography, and co-create food and beverage products that meet those local needs. That's really interesting because, um, yeah, you, you, in some ways, it's like who comes first? I, I suppose maybe you can tell us about this, but do you go to the client with a new idea or do they come to you or is it sort of a collaborative thing in the middle? Is that is that how that kind of relationship gets forged? I think it's it's, it's a bit of both, to be honest, Dennis. You know, we've long-term partnerships with many of our customers because to one of your earlier points, those B2B relationships, they're built on trust, they're built on longevity. Our customers' brands are extraordinary valuable assets. Obviously, they will only want to partner, A, with the leaders, 
be with uh, an organisation who's going to follow through uh, on its commitments, C, with organisations that have a very secure supply chain, and D, with an organisation that is continuously bringing new insights, new technology and sharing in that in that sort of collaborative partnership. That's that's really important. So sometimes our consumer insights people will come back to our customers with insights about what's happening in that marketplace. Of course, Kerry has that global view. So we can understand what's happening right across the world. We can really understand trends. We use AI tools to, to help us determine that. We do a lot of consumer research. We do a lot of market research. So we will share those proprietary insights with our customers if they're thinking about, okay, how do we you know, create a new category, for example, in a specific end-use market area? So we will work like that in taking ideas to our customers. Also, our customers will come to us maybe with some ideas as to how they want to enter new markets, they want to enter new geographies, they want to enter new channels. And we would bring together our collective expertise to work with those customers to help them achieve their objectives. Because again, in the B2B world, your customer's success is your success. So our role is to take insights to our customers to help them build out successful strategies and to partner with them to, you know, in those end-to-end strategies. Now, remember I was mentioning a few minutes ago, Catherine, the, the demand from the consumer of which both of us are one and two and, and there are obviously uh, billions of other consumers out there. We tend to want lower fat, lower salt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The list is endless. So is the demand on a company like Kerry, is it is it growing from the client side nowadays where... Maybe it's different to, say, 10 or 20 years ago, where there are certain trends in the marketplace that are, are, are driving certain phenomena. So do, do clients come to you and demand more and more in one sense? Or are you guys comfortable with that? And, and, and that's kind of where you're at yourselves. The consumer today is a lot more sophisticated. The consumer today is educated. They have instant access to information about their food products. They want to know the provenance of their food products. They want to understand more about the company behind the products they're consuming. And so they are looking for great tasting, trusted and personalized food offerings. So that we would see as something, let's say, that plays in our favor because Kerry has always started with the consumer. We, we start any engagement with understanding what the consumer in that market, in that category, uh, in that region is looking for. And, and we're always trying to predict the future. We're always looking ahead to see what the trends are, to see where the consumer is going to go next so that we can work with our customers to, to make sure we're there with an offering for the consumer that meets their needs. Now, that's obviously food brands and those that go supply into them. Obviously, there's people who are very invested in these brands. There's people that, you know, they will eat a certain product decade after decade. So, you know, that becomes very important. But that brings me onto a, a sort of a related but different area, which is that the purpose of Kerry as a company. And I know that the company is, is big on that word, uh, purpose. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the company's ideas, your own ideas, etc., on what that word means and, and how you see it being implemented or, or, or visible in what the company actually does? I think purpose is the heartbeat of any organisation. Purpose is what grounds people, what motivates and what guides uh, our decisions. You know, it's what people relate to, it's what employees relate to. And, and carry our purpose is inspiring food, nourishing life. And when Edmund Scanlon came in as CEO, this was something that he wanted to really articulate uh, for the whole organization. So inspiring food is about the creativity. It's about the innovation. It's about coming up with new ideas. And nourishing life is about sustainability. 
It's about sustaining our people and nourishing our people, making sure they're developing, making sure they're reaching their potential. It's about sustainability of our planet. So a lot of what we do with our customers is we help them achieve their sustainability objectives. So whether it's food waste, whether it's reduced carbon, whether it is overall sustainability credentials. We very much took the consumer into account and the consumer's needs into account when we developed our Beyond the Horizon sustainability strategy, uh, which we launched in 2020. And that is very clear science-based targets. We have an ambition to reach 2 billion people with sustainable nutrition solutions by 2030. And in 2023, we reached over 1.25 billion with sustainable nutrition. So purpose is important to us. Our values are very important to us. A couple of years ago, when the Kerry Group turned 50, we interviewed the three former CEOs. There have only been four Kerry CEOs in our 52-year history. And what was really interesting, Emmett, is even though maybe we termed it slightly differently, the values of the founding fathers, if you like, of the people who built the Kerry organization back in Kerry in 1972, those values are very much alive today. Values of courage. Uh, I think Dennis Brosnan referenced uh, the bravery of the team. Values of entrepreneurial spirit, as, as they called it. We call it uh, the enterprising spirit. The value of ownership, where you know young people in Ireland, a lot of very young grads, they left the country, they went into new markets, they set up new markets, and they had that sense of pride and ownership the value of inclusiveness and the value of open-mindedness. So purpose and values are ultimately what guide our decisions, what guide our behaviours and also guide where we're going in the future. Well, Catherine, you very you very generously have brought me into to my next question and sort of glided me in there because you've mentioned this uh, stellar names from Kerry's past, um, Dennis Brosnan, of course, Stan McCarthy in more recent times. They're all very well-known figures in Irish business who, who left a, a permanent mark um, in the company and, and wider than that. So is there any kind of, um, a lot of people listening to us will be running businesses in Ireland that might export a little bit. They might be in the UK, for instance, maybe dabbling here and there in the US, which is, is such a big leap for, for a company to make. Is there any insights? You're obviously on phone calls and conference calls all day around the world because you, you have that big um, global footprint that Kerry is there any insights or lessons that you, you'd sort of pick out, maybe two or three, for, for somebody trying to run a company out of Ireland and build up that global presence? Is, is there things that you'd say, this worked for us or this less so or whatever, but just give us some idea of insights, you know, that are there for building up a business and having that global presence. Is, is, there, is there anything that you'd find that could be useful to others listening in? Yeah, I learned so much speaking to Dennis, speaking to Hugh Friel, and uh, speaking to Stan and, of course, our current uh, CEO, Edmund Scanlon. He started in the graduate program in Kerry. So certainly from my experience and, and from listening to the founders, let's say, of Kerry Group and looking where we are today, there are a few rules I take out of it. One is to be super clear on strategy and what you're trying to achieve and have a very clear plan. The other is to get out there into the marketplace. Uh, Dennis Brosnan talked about sensing the market, really trying to sense what is happening and what's going to happen in the marketplace. And the only way you can do that is if you're actually out talking to customers, understanding consumers. And that's something where Kerry has been very, very successful. Another area Kerry has been very successful is to really use the Irish connections. Foreign Affairs, Enterprise Ireland, we have a phenomenal network of Irish agencies and connectors who are more than happy 
to introduce Irish businesses to local markets. And now, obviously, we've grown and we're an 8 billion company and uh, actually one of the biggest employers in North America and in China, the biggest Irish employers. So, of course, now we're at a different phase, but we still would very much partner with the local embassies, with Enterprise Ireland, and we're always happy to support them as they're bringing uh, new uh, companies into the marketplace. I think the overall philosophy of Kerry is to think globally and act locally. Decisions have to be made close to the customer. People have to be empowered close to the customer. And you have to put your best people on your biggest challenges. If you look at Kerry's history or any other successful company's history, it's always about the people. It's always about equipping the right people. It's always about empowering the right people. And it's always about getting them out into the marketplace where it's really happening and understanding what's happening at a, at a local level. One of the things that is important also is to be very clear on purpose, to be very clear on the values of the organization. And while we have extraordinary tools and we have technology and we have AI, you know, nothing beats that interface between the business and the customer and those relationships, which is what drives our business forward today still. And I think for any startup or for any uh, mid-sized company looking to break into new markets, there are a few ideas I would take from my experience. Clear on strategy, clear on the plan, think globally, act locally, get people out into the market so they can really understand what's happening at a local level. And I suppose work with with the Irish agencies who certainly in our case have partnered with us very successfully over the years. Yeah, that's really, and, and empowering, as you said, people at a local level who have that intimate market knowledge is really interesting. Sometimes the danger is, you know, back in HQ, is, is, is they gather the power, or they gather all the decision-making. So that's really interesting that uh, you give over, um, you concede over the, the, the autonomy as much as you can to the local managers. That's a, a really interesting one for, for people who are, are maybe just experimenting at markets outside Ireland. And a lot of them would be at that stage of their growth. Finally, we're just going to have to wrap up soon, um, Captain, because time is unfortunately against us. Uh, One of the issues I'd like to just come back to, and you've already explored this a little bit, but it's just the idea of ingredients themselves, sustainability, what consumers want. I've been thinking over what you were saying earlier, and in some ways, consumers are a contradiction because they want low fat, low salt, low sugar, you know, all of that stuff. But some of those things may collide with other things they want. So they want, as you were saying earlier, um, supply chain um, foods that have longer... Uh, shelf life, um, food waste, obviously that benefits, but that might contradict another requirement. So it's not easy that the, the, the consumer sends us sometimes signals, but sometimes those signals can be a little bit confusing, I suppose. And it's up for companies like yourselves to, to make sense of all of that. Can you talk me through a little bit about the, the sustainability of the business at this stage, the goals you've set? I know you've got ambitious ones and they're they're very much sort of um, knitted into the company at this stage, but just tell us a bit what you think where consumers are at this stage. Uh, we talk about them as a big amorphous mass, of course, which they're not. But is there any general one or two trends you'd pick up on and, and maybe talk us to how Kerry is, is responding to those trends? If I look at the Kerry portfolio in the past four or five years, the taste and nutrition business has grown from 4 billion in 2017 to 7 billion in 2023. And that's because we have rotated 40% of our portfolio. So we have sold parts of our business that maybe were not consistent with our vision to create a world of sustainable nutrition. And we've really invested in technologies, in innovations, in companies 
where we feel will really augment our technology capabilities, augment our innovation capabilities, and augment that ability to partner with customers to meet those evolving consumer needs. So if I take a couple of areas, I mentioned the food waste area. Kerry now is number one in food preservation in the world. So we're the number one company who works with food companies to extend shelf life of meat, to extend shelf life of bakery. That is a major area of importance for the consumer. You know, one third of food is wasted every day, every week. Uh, the other area consumer is very focused on overall health, well-being, personalized nutrition. And that is an area that we've invested significantly in. And then there's the authentic taste because the product still has to taste great. The Kerry heritage is from food for food. You know, we originated from that dairy co-op in the southwest of Ireland. And right through our history, we have always looked for natural ingredients. We have always looked to developing ingredients that meet the authentic taste requirements and preferences of, of consumers. So we've been really investing in areas where we believe into the future we can meet our customers' most complex challenges. So we would be very well placed, Emmett, in terms of partnering with those customers long term into the future to deliver what the consumer ultimately wants. Something that tastes great, that's sustainable, that's good for the planet, that's at the right price point, and that meets the local regulatory requirements and, and all of that. So it is a challenge. Kerry loves challenges. Kerry has always loved challenges. That's another part of our DNA. We have been making a lot of the acquisitions in terms of technologies which have really built out that technological capability I mentioned earlier, 1,100 scientists working with these customers to deliver what the consumer wants in those local markets. So that we see is our direction to travel into the future and always looking around corners, understanding where the consumer is going, making sure that we and our customers are strategically placed to meet those consumer preferences and needs. Well, listen, it's going to be an interesting few years ahead. I'm going to have to truncate the conversation here. It's been fascinating insight and, and a journey, I suppose, through an area we don't maybe, we, we know all about food, all of us, because we consume it, but we don't know what goes behind and into it and so on. So you've really brought us brought that alive. We've got through a number of different uh, topics. It's going to be an interesting few years ahead for you, Catherine, uh, heading up the corporate affairs function in the company. It's always busy, I'm sure, and, and very, very fascinating globally and both here in Ireland as well. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest and good luck with the future. Thank you very much, Emmett. Now, if you enjoyed this week's episode of the UCD Business Impact Podcast, please subscribe to episodes on Apple Podcast or Spotify. We cover a broad range of topics with insights from business leaders around the world, so there's sure to be something there for everyone. I'd like to thank our production team of Beth Gormley and Mike Liffey. They work tirelessly in the background, sourcing interviewees, editing, promoting episodes, and everything in between. I've been your host, Emmett Oliver, and we hope you can join us next time on UCD Business Impact. Music